Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. Welcome to the Will Within podcast. This is your home for shared stories of hope, perseverance, will, and inspiration. Join us today as we share another story that brings to life the underlying beat of our lives. Consider us your virtual friends. Let's get inspired. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Will Within Podcast. This is our Christmas edition, and I'm your host, Regina Pontus. I was trying to think of somebody that would be exceptional for us to listen to during this COVID situation. And I know that we have a hard time trying to deal with getting to mass, etc. So I was thinking, who should I interview? And Bonnie Rogers came right to mind. She's a dear friend, and she's also a director at the Boston Catholic Television. And they're doing some exciting shows for the Advent and Christmas season. So I don't want to waste any more time. So without any further ado, let's talk to Bonnie Rogers. Welcome, Bonnie. I'm so excited to have you here. I say that to everybody. I'm very thrilled to have you here because actually we worked together before and you've done some wonderful things. So I'd like to talk to you about your history. Growing up, are you a revert? Are you a cradle Catholic? You're not a convert. I know that much. And then we can talk about um, what you're doing now. Sure. At Boston Catholic Television. So sure. start off and tell us about yourself, Gap. Sure. So I, I certainly uh, born and raised a Catholic, you know, Catholic uh, education from kindergarten right through senior high. Uh, I often tell folks um, in my parish school, I never left the building from <laughs> kindergarten right up through senior high. Um, the difference was, was that the high school was just girls. K through eight uh, was co-ed. And it, it was also our parish. Uh, so it was part, uh, you know, part and parcel of everything that you did. You know, my aunt, um, my great aunt actually, volunteered in the sacristy, doing the linens and all that kind of stuff. I had, so everything kind of tied around what was going on at Sacred Heart. I'm often amused by people who say that they're reverts because I see some days I feel like I'm reverting every day, you know, mm -hmm. because you kind of have to make a decision each and every day. You have to make uh, yeah, yeah. You know, am I sticking with this? Am I going to see it through? You know, I, I was laughing this morning coming into work. I have a free trial of Sirius XM and listening to the 70s channel and they played the song from Godspell. And, you know, let's face it, it's two lines, that song. Mm -hmm. But isn't that what we revert to every day, to see thee more clearly, follow thee more nearly, and love thee, you know? So I guess I revert every day, but certainly part and parcel of everything um, that I did. Commit yourself once again to our Lord and Savior. That's, that's a wonderful thing. 
So definitely in, ter in terms of a faith life at home, you know, my parents are working Irish folks. My father came over to this country when he was in his 30s. He sort of had a love-hate relationship with the church. So I, I used to say, you know, my brother and I, you know, my mother was very uh, fervent in her support of the church and everything that we, everything that the church did. And then my father would be like, make sure you question those people, make sure you mm -hmm. do this. So we kind of have a, a healthy, um, good balance. Yeah, yeah. So definitely Catholic all my life, for sure. And when you went to school, you didn't get any challenges to you that, that questioned your faith or any of that? Kind no, of no, because you, you know what's interesting is that it, even in my grade school, uh, during those times, there were always like, you know, clearly it was a parish school, the, you know, the nuns clearly very supportive of the faith, but there were always Protestants in the classes. Mm -hmm. um, and my aunts were married to, to Protestant men. But when I was in the seventh grade, um, I, I tell people the story all the time because it makes me laugh, is that when I was in the seventh grade, a Muslim girl came to Sacred Heart. And I'll never forget, you know, the nuns are talking about, you know, uh, Katie, and this is what was going on. And I remember approaching her and saying, oh, so so well, what's this Muslim thing? And she goes, well, <laughs> we don't believe, you know, um, in Jesus. And I just looked at her and I put my hand on my hip and I said, well, that should be right. And um, the nun said I set back interfaith relations, you know, like 400 years. Oh um, but it, because to me, this is what everybody did. Yeah, you right? didn't know anybody else. It, it, you know, uh, I knew I had, um, you know, uncles who weren't Catholic, you know, through marriage. But I think I just thought that was because they were from Maine or something, you know. So I, I, I don't know. I just thought everybody was Catholic. And in you know. college, the same thing? Uh, college, though, I went to Assumption for my first two years of school, you know, very, um, the uh, Assumption Augustinians, you know, just a, a very faith-filled campus, very uh, beautiful chapel there at Assumption. Uh, I left Assumption uh, after two years uh, to go back home and uh, went to AIC. And then, of course, uh, that's a, you know, a secular university, so not so much a presence on campus, but um, certainly still the faith is still part of my life. I mean, I will say as many young adults, I'm pretty sure I probably still went to mass on Sunday um, and, and all the cultural kind of things that we do, you know, um, definitely always participated in, in, in that. So I wouldn't exactly say there was a falling of away, but it was kind of like not as front and center, perhaps, you know, um, in daily life. But yeah, I just, it's without a doubt, it's part of my identity. So when you started working, you worked obviously in a secular environment. How did you come about um, getting your BA, not your BA, your MA from St. John Seminary in Brighton? Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. That's kind of unique. You are first class. So. Exactly. Good, good uh, research. Yeah. So good um, memory, honey. I I started at the phone company. Uh, they used to hire the girls from the Catholic high school because they knew the nuns would make us come to work on time. <laughs> so um, I started as an operator, directory assistant. It, it was just always, you know, a great place to be. And when I came home for summers from college, I, I'd work as an occasional worker there too. Um, and then um, when I came back and I was at AIC, I kind of roaming around and there was an opportunity to go full time and, and be a service rep. Mm -hmm. So that was like in the business office. So I took advantage of that. And that's why it took me so long to earn my bachelor's because I often tell people I have enough credits from every college on the Eastern Seaboard for probably a doctorate <laughs> and then some, but just not from any one school. Don't you hate the matriculation thing? You, you yeah. It's all over the oh, place. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and, you know, I was dabbling, you know, and you're changing, mm -hmm. you know, major stuff. Sure so I was it. mucking it around too. But then if something happened, after I got married, we were married for about um, a year and my husband got involved with, a, well, a record store. Of course, it doesn't exist anymore. And so we were going to move to Framingham. And of course, at that time with the phone company, it was easy to transfer, but it was my first time really out of my, well, college was in the Diocese of Worcester, but, you know, Sacred Heart, my home parish, that's home, you know, uh, but anyway, so we moved to Framingham. 
I, I really wouldn't say my husband is not Catholic, so I wouldn't say I was involved in the parish, but I was in and out of church, you know, pretty regularly. But then, you know, uh, things were heating up in Boston. Something happened that a bishop wrote a letter that he had expected to be private, um, but got released to the press. And it was very demeaning towards women. And uh, at that point, I kind of said to myself, I'm not sure that this is the place for me. Um, you know, at the time, my daughter was probably not a year old. And I thought, do I really want her involved in an organization that will talk about women this way? And so I was kind of thinking like, it might be time for an exit plan. But, but, you know, I'm Irish. I can't kind of leave anything without a fight, you know? So if I was going to leave, I needed, in my head, I'm thinking, I, I'll have to show them the error of their ways. And so I started exploring, you know, how I was going to go about that. And I looked uh, at Boston College. They have a, you know, great institute for pastoral ministry there. And at the time, St. John's Seminary was um, beginning the Master of Arts in Ministry program. And so I, I just thought to myself, hey, what better place to do it than the home church, right? right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I can't lie to you, through that process, uh, I not only didn't create an exit plan, I fell in love with my church all over again. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was monumental in, you know, there was never time that I left, so I wouldn't consider myself a revert other than that daily basis that I mentioned. But certainly there was a time when I had to challenge myself as a woman, as a mom, um, you, you know, how, how does this speak to, you know, my personal dignity, you know, to, to, to my identity and just really uh, welcomed uh, by the then rector of Bishop uh, Richard Lennon, may he rest in peace. Um, and he taught one of our first classes along with now Bishop Christopher Coyne. And so that's how I got involved in the, the master's program at St. John's Seminary. And I continue to be involved with them to this day because it's an empowering thing uh, and an empowering experience for laity to understand the academics and our history uh, and really kind of the technicalities, if you will, of our liturgy, of the way we study the catechism, of the way documents are formulated, things of that nature. It was it was an eye opener. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I tell people that I learned, my mom was a really strong woman. And she used to always say to me, you know, never, never let a man interfere with your faith, your money, or your work. Hmm. And when I thought about that in relation to the master's program, it was like I was letting that bishop interfere with my faith. And you can't, you can't do that. You know, I'm, you know, I, I, I took charge. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to, you know, one of the things, you know, you hear speakers at different conferences. One do time you know what ever happened to him, by the way? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so he, I not he, ask? <laughs> he's no longer in Boston. Is he um, no longer a priest? No, he, no, he right is. Now. He is. Um, and, and, and here's the bizarre thing. A very funny man. Uh, a very intelligent man, uh, and certainly a lover of the church, certainly a lover of Ireland. And, you know, his excuse for this letter was, well, I never expected to be public. Well, that's you know what? Point. That's not, that's exactly not the point. And, you know, sometimes you just have to say, well, it, it's, it's not the fact that it was made public. It's that, do, do you really think we're less than, you know? Hopefully he became educated when he realized that it, it came out went out to the public um the public was informed about it yeah i don't know um it's funny you know every so often you know with different we cover the u.s bishops meeting uh, for catholic tv and and i'll see him and and i, I won't lie i mean he, he's a very charming man um very like i say very charming very sweet you know, maybe he was just having a bad night and, mm -hmm. and I could have been having a bad night, you know, I was reading it at some ungodly time of the morning. You know, I had little kids at home. We had my dad at home. My dad was living with us at the time. 
So sometimes I say, you know, I've never gone back and reread the article. So I'm willing to say, um, you know, maybe it was me too. But I mean, I remember being in front of a computer with that dial up. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. And and crying um, mm. that like, oh, my God, am I not going to be able to stay in my church? But so you know the, what? You always look for silver linings and everything. I say that for all the illnesses I've, I've gone through, you look for the silver lining and the silver lining was for you. That instance, what made you want to educate yourself even more and look at where you are now. Yeah. So without a doubt. Never. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. And, and I'm not sure ha- had it not been for that impetus um, that I would have pursued it as aggressively as I did beautifully enough because I was still working at the phone company. Uh, they paid for my tuition because it was tuition reimbursement. And, you know, I was just thinking, I'm going to take a course here, take take a course there. Uh, and that's where I met Jay Fadden and Kevin Nelson of Catholic TV. And I'll never forget Jay Didn't saying- Did you all start at the same time there? We did. We yeah. did. And I'll never forget Jay saying, what do you mean one class at a time? Don't you want to be part of the first class? Like it, like it was a competition. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know? And- and the mojo kicked in. And um, by that time, my kids were, we'll say, eight, so eight, nine, and 11. And like I say, we had my dad living with us. My husband was in grad school at the time, too. And I remember just saying, this is bananas. This is crazy. But it was the very best experience. Persevered, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's and uh, it was fabulous. And of course, like I say, that's where I met Jay. Um, I was still at the phone company. No intentions of leaving the phone company. But as I mentioned earlier, I started when I was 15 and uh, had moved from marketing onto IT and contingency planning and a, a whole bunch of different departments. And an early retirement offer came through if you had, if you met certain criteria. And one of those criteria was a combination of either age and time for um, 75. And that was the year I had 30 years service because I started when I was 50. So exactly. And I remember saying to my husband, "Ah, you know, the kids were all in Catholic high school. Well, my daughter was about to enter Catholic high school. So three in Catholic high schools throughout the Archdiocese of Boston, and of course, ready to go to college. And I remember saying, what a stupid time to leave the phone company and, you know, six-figure salary. But, you know, I'm going to do it. We'll (laughs) see what happens. And, you know, we'll see see what happens. And uh, so I did uh, consulting for a year in IT. I often call that the world's second oldest profession. And... um, and that was great fun, but, you know, not my gig, you know, really. And then I was working part-time at a parish with uh, John McGinty, who was uh, then the pastor of Sacred Heart in Lynn. And uh, I had started working there part-time when he needed help kicking off a religious ed program. And um, he said, oh, you know, you can work here full-time. So I was there for a few years and maybe two and Jay called and said, you know, we're hoping to grow the station. Would you like to come on and, and do marketing and, and distribution growth with us? Both Jay and Kevin have been there already? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Small. Tell us a little bit, not to, not to uh, set you aside here, the story aside, but tell us a little bit about the growth and how Jay got in there. Because it was, like you said um, before, it was a very small distribution, yeah. you know? You know, Boston um, has, and, and Cardinal Cushing uh, in in particular, you know, uh, has a great history of innovative ideas to share the faith. We will um, before EWTN, just wanted to throw that in there. That's right. That's right. We're 60, like, we're like 67, 68 years old. Um, and, and EWTN, I think they're just shy of 40. But, uh, you know, they've done some brilliant work with growth. And Mother Angelica was a powerhouse, you know, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, she served on our board of trustees oh. before she began EWTN. So a sainted woman, that's for sure. You know, there's just so many great characters in Catholic media and so many folks um, looking to 
find innovative ways to share the faith. And Cardinal Cushing was one of them. And um, uh, Monsignor, who started Catholic TV, um, we started doing, a, I think they did both a high and low mass. That's how long ago this mm. was, in the 1940s. We also Catholic. had the first written with the pilots. So it just yeah, right, seemed to go right. easy that they would do the TV, right? Started by John Boyle O'Reilly, you know, an Irishman. Uh, yes, yeah. There go. Um, and uh, what's interesting is this were the oldest newspaper uh, because he started before. Of course, it wasn't a diocesan publication then. It was an Irish political kind yeah, of paper right. and poetry because John Boyle was a, a real poet and, um, and an activist. It, John Boyle O'Reilly was a real real activist, um, civil rights up, up front and center. And then uh, it became you know, a faith-based publication. I mean, John Boyle O'Reilly was definitely a man of faith, always infused that to, to his works. So we're not considered the first Catholic newspaper, we're considered the oldest. Oh. The first is someplace in the South, uh, and I, I don't wanna say which it is because I'll know I'll get it wrong. Um, but TV, we are the first, right? But TV, we are the first. We're the first in the world, actually, for, for what was then uh, Boston Catholic. Uh, what year was that? Again? Uh, so by the time they started a full-time station, uh, uh, we consider our birth date January 1st, 1955. But we were on TV prior to that. But Monsignor Flaherty went to then Cardinal Cushing and asked for permission to start a station because he thought TV was you know, gonna be kind of a cool thing. And I can't do justice to the imitation, but the folklore is, is that Cardinal Cushing said to Monsignor, you do whatever the hell you want, don't let it cost me any money. Because Cardinal Cushing, you know, he did such cool things. He started you know, the chapel up in the mall. He was the first one to do that. He wasn't the first one to do a chapel at an airport, but he was among the first. Outside the um, box thinker. Yeah, it just did some enormous things. And of course, this year, we're marking 50 years since he died. It was just tremendous things. So Monsignor Flaherty went about his business training sisters and lay people how to use cameras. WIHS, a low power station in downtown Boston, launched uh, in the, and like I say, the, the kind of the vanity date we use is January 1st, 1955. And it, WIHS went on and uh, offering the masses and other programming and uh, really service, you know, certainly it was a ministry of the Archdiocese of Boston, but because of the way, you know, airwaves worked then, it didn't even reach everyone in the Archdiocese mm -hmm. of Boston. Then at some point, they sold those licenses and I think it's channel 38 now or channel 56, I forget which, where we sold our licenses to, and we became a cable station. So I will tell you this, EW Chan was the first to go be cable. They were always cable. Okay. Um, so uh, very, like I say, very innovative. I so, didn't know that, but Mother Angelica are in BC TV. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's probably where she kind of got the, the idea when she went out to the middle. To the south, of, you know, uh, she had some yeah, she had some great ideas, and she did pitch it to the bishop. Mm. Um, and if you ever get to read the book on her life by Raymond Arroyo, uh, I listened to it on audio, and of course, he's very entertaining. You know, he's an actor, and when he does her voices and stuff, you can just feel the love mm, that yeah, he has sure, for her. Sure. And you know, he he he's very delicately treats how she approached the bishop to have a nationwide cable Catholic network. And of course, like any other organization, um, every division, you know, they wanna be the head honcho, right? And so when you have bishops from multiple dioceses, multiple states, you know, it just didn't fly. So she had to do her own thing and she did it well, she did it well. Um, so for Catholic TV, when we went cable, we really started with what, what was down. Was um, that was, you know, in the 80s. I, I'd have to look up that right date for you. And so even at that point, we still didn't reach all of the archdiocese. The local um, NBC affiliate continued to let us have the Sunday Mass on their channel, free of charge. They've just been very, very good to us. Mm -hmm. We continue that practice to this day. Channel um, 7, for those who are listening. Yeah. So, yeah. WL, so they moved us to WLVI. Uh, but it still has a really great reach. And of course, um, now we we do the mass in our own chapel 
I don't know if you ever remember, but we used to go down to the Channel 7 headquarters uh, at like six in the morning or seven in the morning. We used to uh, invite it, people from different yeah, parts of the exactly, region. exactly. And, you know, that's, I think, part of our, our appeal and our longevity is that we understand we're connected to a parish, you know, and that you're connected to a parish, that each of our viewers has a parish community. Father Frank, who was the longest running director here at Catholic TV, um, you know, he used to call us the parish of the airwaves. And that's how people relate to us. And so it's wonderful that these different priests, and we've had priests from other dioceses, um, you know, th throughout Massachusetts and beyond. Uh, and it's a, we always say to people, we love that you watch the Mass. We love that you pray with us. But our goal is to get you back in the pew at your parish. You know, you and I come from a great parish now, right. St. Elaine's in Winchester. You know, we, we want people to be connected um, to, to that. We see, we see ourselves as offering a valuable media ministry, but the key is to be part of your community. That actually um, perfectly dovetails on why I wanted to talk to you, because with the COVID and everything that's happening, yes, you are an extension of the actual parish life, and because... We're by, we're being not shut out, but you know it's been been we've been having to deal with the COVID, so we can't really go to mass. I would love to hear all the different product offerings that you, as the local uh, Boston affiliate for BCTV, or you are now nationwide, but you are the services you're offering for people. Sure, you're having wonderful programs, and I think that's what's going to touch people's heart. Yeah, you know we're really. Um, this time of COVID um, has had an enormous impact on people's motivation and what they hold most dear. And I think it's been an opportunity for people to realize, oh, you know what? I want to be close to the word of God. You know, I, I want to be close, you know, to, to my prayer life and to a community in whatever form we can get it, you know. We've interviewed a lot of, you know, military chaplains and service people who are all over the world serving our country. And, you know, they'll say, you know, because of these outposts that they're at, they may not see a priest for a year or whatever. Oh so they're dependent upon uh, some kind of audio or video connection um, that they can get to. And now we get to see what that feels like. It's, you know, it's been this desert time. And I kind of look at it as this Catholic TV is this oasis on the internet for people to get access to. Uh, because we do offer in terms of devotions, the mass is our mainstay. That's why we exist. Everything that we do, I always say, you know, that half hour of the day, um, the other 23 and a half day, hours of programming throughout the day, they're great, but we're here for that half hour. That's why we do what we do. So we do offer the mass. Uh, we air it now a couple of times a day. Like because of COVID, we ended up adding a new time mass. You know, we repeat that same mass. We offer the rosary that is, uh, people love the rosary, uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, morning and evening prayer, Our Lady of Perpetual Help Novena. You know, those you really see as people's um, staples. Staples, their guideposts for the day for sure. And I never fail to be touched, you know, when people write and say, you know, that priest was speaking directly to me. And, you know, you just have to sit back and just be so humbled by how vulnerable people are. One of the things that we did is once this, it was clear that we were going to be sheltering in place, so to speak, we knew people would be looking for a mask. So Bishop Reed, he's always thinking. I love him, um, by the way. Yeah, he's the he's best. He's done a he's, wonderful job of moving this yeah. along. He's, he's, he's been great. You know, he he worked here doing catechetical things under Father Mc, Monsignor McFarland and then went in, on to parish work. And I will tell you, you know, his, he's rooted in the daily devotions with a specific devotion to Eucharistic adoration. And and it shines through him each and every day. I I can't say you can tell that enough he's about just that. such a spiritual guy. You can tell. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. So he was thinking ahead. And he actually went and secured the domain name WatchTheMass.com. Oh. So thinking to himself, you know, sure, 
CatholicTV.com or .org, that's pretty easy. But if you don't know Catholic TV exists, where do I go? Where do I go? So he came up with that, secured it, and we were up putting up the mass online under that domain from the get-go. And from there, people found us everywhere we are. And we, we try to be just everywhere that people have a need to stumble upon us, you know? So we've got the free apps, we're on YouTube, you know, we're on all the social media channels. And then in terms of cable, you know, we're trying to grow there. But of course, more and more people, you know, you hear about cord cutters, but uh, the cable companies, they're holding their own. It's, it's kind of an interesting story statistically, but we're, you know, we're continuing that growth. So we're always looking for help for people to advocate for us. We're really, so I, I ask your viewers to, you know, keep our expansion efforts in their prayers uh, because we've been applying to Dish and Direct for about six, uh, well, probably almost eight or nine years now. And, and that's a game changer for us. But definitely these over-the-top services like Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Samsung Smart TV, we're on all of those platforms. And and let's face it, that's what people are doing now. You're right, stuck that's the way of the future. And yeah. how are you seeing your overseas viewership have you analyzed the data there um you know the increase for that yeah you know we know we know from when people write to us or uh because we don't pay for any of those rating services our feeling is in terms of expenditures uh, so uh, you know i um i tell people about the, the roots of catholic tv so we're in my office and the my storage chest is one that the original camera person for catholic tv had jack lawless Mm -hmm. um, just instrumental. So I, I wouldn't call us cheap. I would call us, you know, frugal, I guess. So we don't pay for those statistical services or anything, but we know when people write to us. So we're hearing from, from everywhere. We're, we're hearing, I mean, I can't think of any major country that we haven't heard from. And, you know, it's just, and it just touches your heart. Um, and I will tell you because of that, we made some changes programmatically and production wise because of that. So when the pandemic hit, you know, we did our mass live every day at 930 in the morning. Then eventually it gets posted to our website. But to get it posted to the website, it needs to be ingested and encoded into a system and then posted to the website. Process, depending upon other traffic going on uh, that day, it could take a few hours. Well, with time zones, that meant that someone in another time zone was always praying the wrong mass of the day. Mm. So they'd be writing to us saying, well, you know, you know, we were expecting to pray the mass of, you know, um, St. Andrew, and instead it was, you know, the day before. So what we did in response, and this is a complete turnaround, particularly for the priests of the Archdiocese in Boston, we record the mass for the next day, 24 hours ahead of time. So that when it gets posted online, all of us as a universal church are praying the same dang mass. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, that was the goal anyway for the church. Right. And, and you know, and who would have thought, who would have thunk it? You know, we were used to being first in just our Boston little area and then New England and then, you know, sort of the East Coast. We, you know, we, we reach a lot of, of the East Coast and traditional cable. But when you start bringing the internet into it, you know, it's everybody's game. Yep. So we made that change. And I will say, like today, the presider came in, Father Ogazi from Nigeria, beautiful uh, young priest uh, who serves at St. Elizabeth. And we were praying the mass for, for tomorrow. And so sometimes, you know, sometimes like when I step out of there, I'm like, well, what, what, what day is today? But sometimes when I, I sit back and I think about it, and so, you know, that one holy Catholic and apostolic, we, we really mean that, you know, we, we mean that one thing. So that was our change that really COVID prompted. And when I think about it, it was just really the right move to make whether or not there ever was a COVID. I agree. Because it brings everybody together. You yeah. Know, the universal. Yeah. yeah. It's you a beautiful thing. Yeah. Tell us about the programming for Advent and Christmas this season because of the COVID. Sure. Not so because of the COVID, but yeah. You know what I mean. 
so we always have a robust schedule for Christmas. Um, beginning, the, I'm an Advent girl. I'm not going to lie. I don't like, you know. I mean, I'll be crazy Christmas. Before Christmas you know. <laughs> Never mind. Advent, people like Advent, what? What's that? Right. You know, uh, but I will tell you, we've got so many great priests across the United States, like Father Pontifex. If you're on Twitter, you see him. He's in Ohio someplace. He did a great series for Advent, and they're kind of on the shorter side. So we air those. Great music folks at Array of Hope, beautiful Advent music, folks at the Vigil Project, incredible Advent music, incredible. Father Michael White of, you know, Nativity Church, he does messages of hope for Advent for us. A couple of priests in Buffalo, New York, they've done some uh, music pieces, Father Bill Quinn Livent, uh, Bishop Chris Coyne, uh, just really beautiful things just Which for Advent. Is, what has he done just for Advent? So uh, he's done some uh, some Blink series for us. And I, I always uh, joke, you know, I love an Advent wreath. And he was one of our first instructors at the MAM program that, that we spoke about earlier. He used to say, of course, he's a liturgist, you know. So uh, I guess I'll give that caveat that, you know, he would say, I don't understand why people need that wreath. Why aren't they just listening to the readings, the weight, the prepare? That and I would be like, I like my wreath. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> I want the purple. And, I want the purple and the pink wreath. You know, I need those tangible things. You know, and that's maybe the catechist in me. Like yes. when we talked earlier about, you know, my trajectory in the church. Like I've been teaching catechism classes since. I was an eighth grader or eighth or ninth grader. Oh, wow. Um, you know, adults teaching in the classroom for public school kids weren't invented then. And the nuns would just come and say, all right, you're going to go teach the fourth grade mm -hmm. class. Uh, so I remember doing being cantering when I was like 14. To yeah. Me. I was like, here, yeah, get up, go sing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go make it happen. Go make yeah. it happen. So, so in terms of Advent, you, you know, for programming, those are definitely all, I guess I'll say, reflective kind of reflective programs, you know, educational, catechetical. Um, whereas once you get into Christmas, we do from Christmas Eve on out, we, our webmaster guy coins this phrase, we go into Christmas TV for 72 mm -hmm. hours. Um, and that, of course, includes entertainment, funny shows, movies in addition to all the liturgical majesty that there is for Christmas in our church. But, you know, Advent, again, is more, uh, you know, more head in, you know, that preparation. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just love Advent. Um, when do you see these programs starting? So, our ad, yeah, our Advent programming has started. So for where example, they go to find it? Uh, CatholicTV.com. Okay. And then on any over-the-top uh, uh, service that they have, but CatholicTV.com or CatholicTV.org, everything we have is on our YouTube channel. Uh, and not everything that we have is on the YouTube channel, but the sections that, you know, that which we produce ourselves is on our YouTube channel. And on Facebook. Facebook, uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of it. Um, LBC TV? Uh, a Catholic TV. Oh, Okay. So uh, hashtag, not hashtag, uh, yeah, sign Catholic TV. Yeah. For everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. This sounds so exciting. I mean, is there any special Christmas concert that you would recommend? Well, like, uh, I don't know, not the Mormons, but uh, <laughs> there's always some people that do some wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful you know, Christmas. we used to air the Mormon. They, of course, produce a beautiful show each week. But when we launched in Hawaii, the Mormons are received like a little bit differently. But the Daughters of St. Paul, we, we have a lot of segments with them. Mm -hmm. their, their choral group is amazing. Uh, here in the Archdiocese of Boston, the um, Black Catholic Choir, amazing. Yeah. We air their segments. Um, and then, like I said, the Vigil Project, we air, um, they're out of Louisiana and Nashville. And their music segments are beautiful. They do both traditional hymns uh, and original music um, that they've written, just simply fabulous. And our folks at Array of Hope, in, uh, they're based in New Jersey. Uh, their music experiences and, and, you know, videos that you and I know from MTV are just really spectacular. So we know that we can start already with our Advent and... Uh... 
preparing for Christmas shows already from Boston. That's right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Very, for sure. very exciting. Because like I said, situations like people with like me that don't get out much, and obviously the people in COVID in general, this is going to be a wonderful addition to what they how they want to celebrate. Yes, I think, yes, yeah. We've heard that for sure from viewers, like they'll pick up the phone, you know, or email. And I'm always touched by, you know, I answered the phone today because the receptionist had stepped out and all of a sudden, oh, Bonnie, uh, I know your voice. And she knew me from, you know, doing the readings at one of the Mm -hmm. shows and from lecturing. And I share this story because we're on full time in New Orleans, our good friends at WLAE and a, a woman called me uh, everybody loves going my way it's a singing mm-hmm. priest program and it's mm-hmm. fabulous a woman called to compliment us on the show and I love the way the people from New Orleans speak I just love that kind of drawl and just it's just so beautiful so lyrical and so she, she was talking about the day that Bishop Reed was ordained bishop for the Archdiocese of Boston and uh, she says oh I just loved when he looked into the camera and gave all the viewers a blessing. And she said, that's my bishop. And I said, mm-hmm. and like I said earlier, our goal is we want you connected to your parish, to your diocese. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, um, Archbishop Amons, he, you know, he's your bishop. He's a really good man. She says, oh, honey, I'm not Catholic. She <laughs> says, but, <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so, funny. so many people are saying that now because of this internet and everything. They're like, I'm not even Catholic, but I love what you're doing. Yeah. So it's a great thing. Yeah. You said that that's one of your um, popular shows. From hindsight, I used to work with the water priest. You should get, you should corral Coin, Bishop Coin, Peter, Father Peter Andrews, Father O'Brien, and get them in to do like a appraisal. And Dave, Father Coster, and get them to do a appraisal. Can I the tell you? They used to do care parade shows. We all did. I called Father David Costa because he's from Springfield, you know. He's yep. a guy That's what I mean. You'll get Rhode Island, yeah. you'll get Vermont, you'll get well, Massachusetts. Father Costa, um, he started laughing when I offered it. <laughs> well, he doesn't realize it's but I've already posted one of his old songs online. <laughs> He'd be like, Oh my god, that's, that's so funny. Because I hear he's a is he a guitarist or a drummer? Uh, well, I don't know what else the instruments they play, but we all sang. We all used, yeah. to, we all used to do cabaret, cabaret shows throughout the whole Boston Archdiocese. So it was all those priests and myself. Yeah. And they all had great voices. You should make them come back. Yeah. Uh, Bishop Coyne has a spectacular voice. Oh, yeah. Voice. He's he got a spectacular voice. voice. I didn't. Uh, which Father O'Brien? Francis. Freddie. The, the composer. The one that. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, me, him, Peter, um, and Dave. And we had Joanne Mercier as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, Joanne's great. She came great. in later on. But the yeah. first it was the four of us and me. I was like, oh, what the hell is going on here? That's <laughs> fabulous. It was so much fun. For, you know, that was back in the 80s. But, I mean, I'm glad that they have a lot of people that are able to express themselves internationally now. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, staying in your communities. Yeah. You do what you could. And now you can, you can see people that are from all over the world. Yeah. participating with their gifts that they have. I will yeah I will say that some of the priests are like amazed when they get letters from San Antonio Texas or Hawaii or whatever and they they all just said I I, I just didn't realize and excuse me <coughs> you don't know and, who you affect you really don't and yeah yeah and and that just touches your heart and then you think about it and you say wow if, you know I mean how many times have you picked up the phone or emailed a, a you know, a producer at a, sh- a show about something you liked or didn't like. I mean, I'm sorry. I just let it go over my head, right? So for people to take the time to do that, I'm just always so appreciative. And uh, I will say for priests these days, too, it's just such a they wonderful that, thing yeah. for hear that affirmation. You know, we're so grateful. Yeah. We really are blessed to have a lot of wonderful people in our archdiocese. Even when we went through all of the hardships in 2001, you really saw a lot of people step up to the plate. That oh, for sure. Thing. You really saw where their true heart and allegiance was. Which yeah, was... I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right, Regina. It, you know, it was a tough time. And of course, I was in in seminary at the time in the man program. And sometimes for those students, uh, it was really a, a challenge. And certainly for the members of the faculty, you know, just a real struggle, you know, because many of them were 
priest of the Archdiocese of Boston. It, it was just a hard thing, you know. Um, but I, I remember at the time sending a card to someone and it just said, you know, and, and those those issues were important to address and we need to continue to address them each and every day. Oh, every day. You know, we can't we can't lose any ounce of vigilance. But we also keep have to keep our eye focused on Jesus. And, right. you know, and, and I that... remember sending a song. Remember the song? Um, I don't it was around then. I hope you dance. And I remember sending yeah. it to a priest friend of mine with the book saying, yeah. you know, through all the hardships and everything, I hope you dance because you're letting the faith shine through. Yeah, People that was a beautiful thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. And and a tough time to, to reach out to priests, you know. So, so I'm so grateful that you took the time to do that for someone. That's important. It's important, yeah. So this has been a wonderful conversation. I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to chat with you and you were able to express what's happening right now with BCTV and who you're affecting. So thank you so much for taking the time. How do people get in contact with you directly if they want to? Sure. Thanks so much, Regina. I always love spending time with you. You're always just great sure, fun, great bolts of energy, just tremendous. So here at Catholic TV, it's B Rogers, R-O-D-G-E-R-S at catholictv.org. And we're right here at the main number. You know, the studios aren't open to what I'm calling outsiders these days. Mm -hmm. Um, Because of COVID, you know, um, the the only people coming into the studio uh, are really the presiders for daily mass. Um, You know, we used to love when they would bring a congregation, but um, we're limiting that for the safety of, you know, our staff, our crew, our production staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely we're here in Watertown. And actually, if anybody's in Watertown, they should definitely go by St. Patrick's Church, where Bishop Reed is now the pastor. He He's using, he I is. I didn't know that. When was that? Uh, it's only been a short time, like oh, maybe a month or so. Oh my God, okay, thank you. But he's using one of our sets, uh, the set for Monsignor Moroni's uh, show on the revision to the um, Roman Missal. And that's going to be the nativity scene. You should see it. It's huge. Like the camel is life size. It's going to be a showstopper, yeah. you know. Uh, so right out there on Main Street in Watertown, the dogma is speaking that's loudly it. in Watertown. I used, to, I used to, and I know that he was in like Waltham or Weymouth or something like that. So now being right there, <laughs> smack in Watertown, everything's together. Yeah, for him. Yeah, That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And you know what I loved? I was watching something today, not to change the subject. I'm sorry we should be ending. But I really wanted to compliment you people on a show. I was just watching you, Internovus. Or, oh, Internos. Uh, all right, Internos. And I, I just love the dynamic of seeing just two people chatting. Mm. And the rest of it's all background. You're just focusing on those two. Well, whoever did that's clever. That, I just thought it was very uh, powerful. Yeah. It's funny. That was Bishop Reed's idea. And I, I often, it. I tell people, you know, the, the hardest thing here is with a new production is coming up with the title of a show. Mm. And Bishop Reed and I were the only two people who liked the title Intranos. And people well, want to complete ignorance. I don't even know what, what you well, it means sort of between us, you know, oh. so, you know, like interview internet, oh, yeah. you know, so, so we're looking at everybody. How does like, fit in? Yeah, uh, that's the pronoun. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So okay. interview yeah. is, you know, inter watching, right. Yeah. Between, between two. Us. And yeah. this okay. is between us. So, um, Love so it. yeah. He did a great job with it. We well, met some kudos to him. People. Tell him that's a great little addition too. Yeah, he's thank fabulous. You so much. But thank you so much for doing this. I'd like to stop um, each interview at the end with with words of wisdom you'd like to impart. Just a saying or a brief comment. Uh, yeah, there's so many. Uh, and and today, you know, for me started like I said with that Godspell song. So I and of course, a tribute to my mom, Alice, saying not to let anybody interfere with your faith, is that, you know, stay focused on Jesus. Stay focused on Jesus. That'll that'll get you through. That's the summit. Hmm. Thank you again, Bonnie, so much. I'm sure my listeners are thrilled to have listened to this conversation. And I wish you a wonderful Advent (laughs) and then Christmas on December 25th. Thanks. Thanks for participating. It's been a joy. Thanks. It's been wonderful to connect with you again, Regina. You're the best. Thank you. God bless you, honey.
I want to take the time to thank again Bonnie Rogers for that wonderful interview. I love listening to her story and also hearing about what BCTV is doing for the people because of COVID, all the beautiful shows that they have and all the inspiration that they provide for everybody. It really has been an amazing year for me. And for the Will Within podcast, we have had some wonderful guests in reflection, we've talked to Kendra Von Esch, we've talked to Steve Ray, we talked to Kevin Vost. We've had some wonderful people, and I'm so blessed that I decided to do this at the beginning of the year. I hope you join me as we move into 21, and we hope that this is a better year. We're going to be talking to Sally Frischman. I've got a special guest, um, Jim Wahlberg who's going to be talking about the book, The Great Hustle. He is the brother of Donnie and Mark. And I'm going to be working to get some other wonderful guests on. So I'm blessed that you are here. I totally pray for you all the time. I appreciate your listenership. I want you to have a wonderful, blessed Christmas. And may God shine upon you this year. Have a wonderful New Year's Eve. And we'll catch you in the new year. So until next time, 2021, my dear friends, be blessed. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com.